Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, un- like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au, or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Karen, and Karen's had paranormal encounters all her life. Karen, welcome to the show. Hello. It is fantastic to have you on here, Karen, because you say you've had a very, very interesting encounter with something that you haven't really heard of before. But before we get right into that, are you able to tell me where all of this paranormal stuff started to happen to you? Um, Yeah. Um, So it started when I was very young, so I'd be probably about five and up because I can't I don't I don't think I remember anything before that but it was a house that my parents built in South Australia so it was a brand new house and it started with little things like I would hear it tapping on the window and I would always like be afraid of what I was going to see I always had this predetermined image that I would see like a white knight but when I got there I wouldn't see anything or I would feel tapping on my forehead and wake up and it would be like the morning but there was no one there but every now and then I would go to the window at night and there was these shadow, they, they're like silhouettes. So they were like three dimensional shadows, just like silhouettes. And you could sense when they were looking at you and when they weren't, it was really bizarre. Like it didn't frighten me at the time. I found it really curious. Like I was very intrigued by it. I remember that. Um, we had this big, long sprawling backyard and there was like a galvanized iron fence that surrounded it. And there were two of these shadow things kind of sitting on the fence with their like, just kind of like with their legs dangling over and their their hands kind of pressed on the fence. And I could tell they were looking at me and I thought that was unusual. And I remember scanning the backyard and I could see this house like over, over in the block and it was like a, 
I don't know if it was a giant, like one side of the house just had like um, window doors or something, but it was like you could see this room. There was a light on inside it and there was another like shadow person just pacing back and forth in the room. And then they stopped in the middle of the room and you could tell they turned and then it just started waving at me. And it was a weird stiff kind of wave where it was only from the elbow, but the whole from the elbow to the hand was moving side to side. And I just remember at that moment thinking it was like creepy that it could see me because I was peeking out of a curtain from a dark room and this is something like a block over, you know, houses behind mine. Like there's no way that anyone could see me, but I just knew it was it was like signaling to me and I just closed the curtain and was just went back to bed. And so I would see these types of things a lot. I never felt like afraid of it, but it it was like I was curious about it and maybe I had the impression that they were curious about me. Um, But I know that my sister saw them as well and she was terrified of them. So you're not the only person to, to see these shadow people? Yeah, I hear about the shadow thing a lot and most people um, tell me that they're terrified of it. But I, I never got that, that impression at the time. When I got older, I thought it was a bit freakier. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, it, it wasn't as frightening for me. I remember uh, it didn't matter what room I was in, like, because uh, I remember my father moved us, me and my sister, into different rooms occasionally. And I, I do remember one weird night where... It was just my mum at home with me, my sister, and I think my mum and dad had friends' children over and my dad was out and the parents of these other children were out and there was a boy, I do not remember their name, I was so young, and then there was me and then his two sisters and then my sister. And I heard this kind of knock on the window and it woke me up and I looked up and I just saw like maybe like two, three inches of like a head just duck underneath my vision from the window. And I woke up the boy next to me and and told him about it. And at first he thought I was making it up and then we just started joking around, telling each other stories and stuff. And then we heard the the knock again and he looked up with me and he saw it too. And then he got really frightened and then we debated what to do about it and decided that we needed a grown up (laughs) to help us. And we woke up our sisters and then we argued about who was going to leave the room first. And I remember I thought he should go because he was a boy. <laughs> and he said that I should go because I wasn't as scared as him, but I was at that time. <laughs> and we ended up single file with me as the leader going down the hallway with, you know, the rest following kind of just like single file. And it was, it was so weird. My mother was, we had been screaming like, for a parent to come in, like, at the top of our lungs. There were, like, five of us. Yeah, five of us. And, um, like, just nothing. So we were pretty freaked out. We thought we might be in the house alone. But we, so we single filed down the hallway. And on the, on the living room, there's my mum, just, like, asleep on the sofa. And we called her, and she's just completely unresponsive. So we're kind of freaked out because we think that there's something surrounding the house and and... The only parent is just not responding. And I remember I had to go right up to her face and visibly shake her and yell at her simultaneously to get her to wake up. And she was just so groggy. She just was like, what? 
and and I don't know. I think she just put us back to bed. I'll just never forget. That was weird. It was just really weird. That is weird. It's almost like she was absolutely non-responsive. Yeah, like stuff like that where like people are just not where they're supposed to be. You know, I have a lot of memories like that. It's just really, or like, you know, not responding in a normal way. Um, I remember another time where in that when I was in that same front room where um, I heard it sounded to me like a car pulling up into the driveway. Um, I remember looking out and I could see these bright headlights. That's all I could see was a bright kind of white glare. But then I saw my dad walking out the front door and he has this really distinctive walk and he does this kind of, it's not really jazz hands, but it's like that. It's kind of like a, a dance move that it's like, it's kind of, it's, Sorry, it's constantly like he's listening to music in his head when he's walking. <laughs> it really it really makes him, like, you can tell it's him. And he was leaving the house, and he was surrounded by all these little shadow people. There were, I, I don't even know how many. There were so many. Like, he was surrounded by them. He was this one tall person amongst all these little shadow people, you know, nondescript, featureless, hairless little things. Um pretty much like the other ones I'd seen, but they were kind of gently pushing him into the car or coaxing him into the car. Although I didn't see a car, all I could see was this light, but that's what it looked like. And in my head, that's what it sounded like. It sounded like a car had come up. But it was just like, there was no way all these people could have fit in this car. It was so strange. And that stood out too, because he was this workaholic who never took a day off work, even if he was really sick. He worked at the Julia Farr Centre um, in Adelaide for uh, rehabilitation and most people that went into the hospital never left. So he like never missed a day at work and he did that day, that next day, he didn't go to work. How old were you at this time? Well, I would have been young, maybe eight, seven or eight. I was, it was, it was before I was 10, but I don't know exactly how old I was, just really young, young enough so that I just have these memories of the events, but I don't remember a lot of my actual life, just the things that stand out. Because, I mean, I know know a lot of listeners, yeah, I know a lot of listeners are going to be guessing that, you know, that was potentially a UFO that you saw and that that was potentially, you know, aliens or, or something like that that you were seeing and maybe you're just having memories that are, are no covering from what you actually saw or maybe you you've been given false memories or something like that to to just give you the illusion of something else it's definitely something i've thought about because of instances where i've lost memories you know simple simple things that i were imperceptible to me that i had no idea that any time had passed until you know, I have furious parents wondering where I was and they were driving down the street that I was walking down and supposedly not there and, you know, it, you know, enough so that, you know, my sleepovers were getting cancelled and my friends were getting sent home and I was being grounded and it's like I just, I didn't do anything. But apparently I was gone for hours and it was a 10-minute walk home, stuff like that. And that was happening that quite happened, often, was it? Uh, that happened to me once that I clearly remember. Um, and I know that I, I, like, in my mind, I feel like that that event was something that I triggered somehow. Um, but I don't know 
if it's just because I was a kid and I was really imaginative. I was constantly being told that I had this overactive imagination. Um, but, you know, then just something like this would happen and I would get in so much trouble. And the only thing I remember from it, the actual moment that I could probably pinpoint I thought something might be wrong was, and it was almost imperceptible, but I remember that we had an unusual student in class that day and he made inappropriate comments in class and he was definitely older than the rest of us. So I think we were maybe grade, uh, we would have been maybe 10, 10 or so, nine or 10. And he, he might've been maybe 12. So, you know, he was a bit older and more mature. And so when he said things, it, it was like really unnerving for us. And so we took an alternate route home and it was a, a street that kind of joined up with the original street anyway. There's no way to get lost. It was two kind of parallel streets that joined up at a lake. Or it was like a big hill that had a, or a crater that had a lake in the middle. And then, you know, you just go around that and down. I lived in a cul-de-sac. It was like five minutes from the school. Um, so I remember we did take this extra street home. And I remember my friend was on her bicycle and... I was walking, so I asked her to get off the bike and walk with me, and she did that. And then I remember looking behind me and already the school being empty. I remember that. I remember it was very, very quiet. There was nobody around. There was no bird sounds. There was no anything. Like, it was just quiet. And I remember asking her what the time was when she got off her bike to walk next to me, and we looked at her. She had an analog watch, and it was like a Disney watch, and I remember the ticking kind of slowed down, stopped, and then started up again as if nothing had happened. That's it. That's the only thing that I would say about the entire thing that was even weird. And we just walked home, and my mum said she had driven down that road. We weren't anywhere to be seen. She sent my friend home. I was in huge trouble. I was grounded. But it was like not even a minute, not even 30 seconds to us. And how, how like we didn't, long were you gone for, In I guess, in your mum's opinion? Uh, I think it was like two or three hours. Like it was... Oh, wow. It wasn't dark yet, but it was almost. It was getting there, so... That's that's really kind of terrifying, isn't we, it? And we had like no idea. We, we got to the, like almost to our house, to my house, and then the neighbour came running out. And he's like, you're in so much trouble. Your mum's going to kill you. And I was like, what? I didn't really like the neighbour the neighbor boy and we always picked on each other. So I thought he was just being a joke. But yeah, I was, I was in heaps of trouble. So that's the first time anything like that had ever happened to me. Um, the second time I was a lot older and um, I don't have any distinctive memories. Oh, I do actually, but I don't know what to make of those either. So I would have been about... 19, around 19, yep, about 19 when this happened and I was with my best friend at the time and we were close to the house that I had lived at as a child because I'd moved away at this point and we were um, at a party for a friend's child and I wanted her to come and see this house where I used to see all, all these weird lights and, and noises and where all these tapping and shadow people and footprints and weird things that I had seen as a child and um, 
So she came with me and we kind of got to the street, but the reserve that had been kind of next to the house had grown this forest. <laughs> and I just remember looking at it and it just looked like black inside and we didn't want to walk past it. We were both a bit freaked out. So we were like, forget this. This is a stupid idea. What are we doing? So we turned around to go back and we stopped at a phone booth to call my partner at the time to come pick us up from the party. And you could see the street from the phone booth. And after we did that, we kept walking. And I remember my friend said something about a star and we looked at the star for a while. It just looked like a star. And she said, she felt that it was following us. That's what she said. But it, it did, it just looked kind of like a star. So it didn't do anything jerky or zigzaggy or anything like that. It was just, I don't remember seeing it do anything strange. But the next thing I knew, we were stuck between these two roundabouts and I had no idea where we were. And we were both lost. We were freaking out. And it just felt like each roundabout was like there was nothing beyond it. It just seemed like it was black and you just didn't want to go there. On one side of the road, there was absolutely nothing but farmland. Um, this was Bolivar Road. And on the other side was residential houses that we didn't recognize walking past the first time. And so we were really, really freaked out and had started walking between these two roundabouts when all of a sudden from the other side of the road where there's nothing but farmland, there were these these couple came. It was a man and a woman. I don't remember now what it was about them, but there was something really off about them. And it wasn't just that they were coming from nowhere. I don't know if it was either she was really old and he was really young and he was very tall and she was short or if it was, there was something about their eyes, I can't remember, but something made me really wary of them. But we were lost and we needed to ask for help. We needed to ask where we were. And me and my friend argued about who it was going to be. And it was me. And then I just walked into the middle of the road and I yelled out from there because I didn't want to go near them. I just remember having this real aversion to them and asking them, like kind of calling out, where are we? And so the woman answered that we were on Bolivar Road and... I relayed that to my friend and then I realized, well, that's not helping. I know the road, but I didn't know whereabouts on the road I was. It's a long road. And I asked her how to get back to the road. And we had to actually turn a corner from one of those roundabouts. So I don't know how we got there because we didn't turn onto the, we didn't turn at all. So I don't remember it. We don't know how we got there, but we both went home later on to our separate houses and had really bizarre dreams and they weren't identical but the themes were really like identical so we both we both dreamed that we were um at school that we were looking for or had something to do with like word puzzles or crossword puzzles uh we're both being chased in the dream and both the dreams had children in them it was just really weird stuff that is that that is weird because there's a lot of I guess I would call it messaging in that type of dream because when what I'm hearing is, you know, you you were potentially chased and your dream is telling you that these were children chasing you. And I'm wondering if that's a like a masked memory of maybe these could have been something I don't small, know. Like, like actually, a- I, I dreamed that it was, uh, we, there were children in the dream. We were both in each other's dream. Um, and there was a school in the dream. But I remember at some point my dream switched over and I lost her at some point. And when I was being chased, it was by, in my head, I was calling it a mummy, like an Egyptian type mummy. 
but it wasn't. It was more like a zombie, like it was decomposing and stuff. It was horrible. It was a horrible nightmare. But um, there was a woman in the dream who eventually calmed me down and because and, uh, I remember trying to tell her that he was trying to turn me into a mummy. That's what I was terrified of. And she, I remember her placating me. And my friend's dream, um, she couldn't identify what it was that was chasing us. But she was running through a school with me. So yeah, it was it's, weird. It's, it's very it was really similar. Bizarre. Yeah. So what did your friend think of this whole situation? What was her opinion of what happened and what was she thinking? She also had, like, I met her when I was 17, but she had also had, like, throughout her life, a whole unique, strange set of bizarre things that she was used to as well. So she wasn't, she wasn't like, weirded out as much as most people, I think, would have been because we had both kind of been through things. It just was odd, I guess, when it happened to both of us at the same time. So, but, I mean, she definitely felt like something odd had happened. It happened, it happened to us a couple of times where for no reason we just dreamed the same thing. It was, and we're in different states now. So it was weird when, when it's weird when it happens. And what about the, the whole missing time thing? How did she react to that? I don't, I don't think she's ever worried or wondered about it. I have, but I've like researched so much stuff that I'm afraid that if I try to find out by hypnosis or something, that I just, I've informed myself of too much stuff and I'll create false memories. So I don't know what to do about it. It's, it really is a tricky situation because I was actually going to be one of my questions to you, Karen, is have you considered getting regression therapy or anything like that to potentially dive a little bit deeper into some of your previous experiences around these things? I'd love to. It's just, yeah, I'm just afraid of, of you know, just... I heard that... Um, there was a woman who had a past life regression and all these details that she regaled ended up being some novel that she'd read when she was eight years old, word for word. And um, people can do that without even knowing that they're doing it. So I'm worried about that. That's what worries me. And now a quick word from our sponsor. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. So are you worried that you think these encounters have happened, but potentially there's been something that has maybe influenced you to believe that they, they did happen when they really didn't? I'm worried that under hypnosis, I might, if I, if I don't remember it or, or for whatever reason, that I, might, I might make something up, yeah. Like, I've heard that people even do that in an awkward silence. If there's an awkward silence, a person under hypnosis feels that they have to, have to fill it in. So, because I, I read up a lot about it, because I did think about it, because I, I do want to know. Um, I guess, especially because um, one of the most vivid and detailed things I'd ever experienced was I, I saw an entity in my front yard once, and it was 
it was so so vivid, so surreal to have have experienced, and it looked sort of like a grey. Are you there able to tell us about that a little bit more? Um, yeah, um, I was eleven at the time. Um, this this is a very vivid memory. I've never forgotten it from the moment it happened. Um, I was staying up late with my mum, and she had a whole group of friends over, and she was having like a like a medium circle or something, and everybody was closing their eyes to meditate at the time, and I was eleven and I didn't really know how to meditate. <laughs> Um, so I was closing my eyes and then I was like peeking at everybody, that kind of thing. And I heard this really ear-piercing, screeching noise. And we lived on a corner, like the road was a corner and our house was right on the turn. And to me, I, I thought it sounded like a car was speeding and slammed on the brakes and had just kind of skidded around the corner. And it even I would even go so far as to say it sounded like it struck and then exploded like it was this really loud like screeching it was drawn out and then just a bang and then you could hear like crackling and almost you could almost feel the this sound it was so loud and that was really distracting so it, nobody reacted but I heard it and I looked through the blinds and there was nothing out there so I was like okay that's weird I could have sworn that there was an accident and I go back to trying to meditate again and I get curious and I pick out the blind again and there's this young girl, she's maybe younger than me but it's really hard to tell. She's got on like a white nightie or a white dress, I can't tell. Um, it's below her knees. Uh, she doesn't seem to have any shoes on. She has blonde hair and she has her arms outstretched in front of her and she's like kind of like feeling her way in the dark as if she can't see and I'm worried about her because she looks really real to me and my immediate thought is she's come from wherever that accident was and she can't see something's happened and I tried to get my mum's attention and I said there's a little girl outside and I really think she needs our help and my mum instantly brushes me off and and says that I'm seeing a ghost and I'm insistent no it's, she doesn't look like a ghost to me. She looks real. I think she needs help. Mum, I think we should go and help her. I think we should call emergency services. I think there's been an accident. I didn't see any blood or anything on her. She just looked like she couldn't see. And she was having trouble finding her way around. She was just kind of aimlessly walking around the front yard with her arms outstretched. And she just keeps brushing me off. And then we all hear this little knock at the door. And it's just... Just what you imagine a little girl knocking at the door would sound like. And everybody hears it. And then people are like, okay, somebody is out there. And people are taking me seriously. They're, they're all grown up. Um, and I'm just 11. So uh, my, I was going to go and answer the door. And I was really worried for this little girl. And my mum had a friend at the time who said that she would answer it. I guess she wanted to see for herself. So she gets up and she goes to the door and opens it. And then she closes it. She comes back in and she says, there's nobody there. There's nothing there. And I'm like, I'm really like flummoxed. Like, I'm like, no way. There's a little girl out there. I saw her. We all heard her knock. And so I look again. And this time, I'll never forget. This is so bizarre. She's standing in my driveway. Her arms are outstretched. And there's a light kind of surrounding her. It's not very bright. It's not like a spotlight. It's more like 
maybe like street lamp or that something like that and you can see like dust mites or moats or something kind of floating in it it's not still the air isn't still and you can tell that in the light and besides her and I don't I can't really gauge how tall it was but to me it seemed incredibly tall because I was little um, was this really tall white entity and uh, I saw it kind of side on it also had its arms outstretched um, it from head to toe it was just white it didn't it didn't seem naked but it didn't seem to be wearing anything either like I couldn't see any definition of genitalia or anything so I couldn't tell if it was a male or a female um, but I just remember the the quality of the white was very unusual. It was like white out kind of white, like bond white. And, but it didn't glow, but it was luminescent sort of like you would have seen it anywhere, no matter how dark it was. And, um, I, I thought at that moment that maybe it was an angel and that she was going to heaven. Like she died. I didn't know what else to think. I was really like confused by what I was seeing. Um, and they both were just standing in this light with their arms outstretched. And I closed the blind and I like relay this to my mum and everybody in the group. And by this point, they all just think that I'm making it up. And I'm like, okay. And I try to ignore it and just meditate with the rest of the group. But I just can't because you just don't see something like that. It's so vivid, so real. Like there was nothing see-through about it. It was... All of it, the whole of everything I saw was so real to me that it could have been, you know, the next door neighbours instead. Like, it was just so real. And the next time I looked, it was literally on the other side of the window. I remember just being afraid that it was going to turn like this kind of weird... I imagined that it had this weird, jerky, rapid head movement and it would turn and look at me, but it didn't. And... Across from it was a short man. He was bald, but uh, had a really round face, and he was really uh, like he was really animated. He had a kind of really joyful kind of feeling about him, like rosy cheeks and like sparkle in his eye, and he had kind of round eyes. He had um, like crease lines on his forehead. Um, he had thin lips, and they were also kind of very pink and um he seemed to be like i don't know if he was completely naked because he was a bit closer to the window um so i could see him from maybe the waist up he seemed to have like a leopard skin like around his shoulders um but that's all i could make out of him and across from him was the same tall white entity that had been with the young girl and they were engaging in a conversation although i couldn't hear anything I could see their mouths move and the only way I could describe the way that their lips moved as though they were like invisible fish hooks and somebody was tugging on them. It was bizarre. Oh, wow. Like mouth movement. And they conversed for a really long time. So I stood there, like I sat there and I stared for so long and and it didn't matter how many times I looked away and then opened the blinds to peek again, they were still there. I remember each time that I peeked thinking that it was going to turn and see me. And I remember having these really torn kind of feelings about it because 
I really wanted to go out there because of the, the little kind of round man. Like, I just got this really strong urge to, I don't know if I felt like maybe I wanted to hug him. See, that was just this joy that emanated from him. But the tall white white one was just, I don't know, it was really intimidating. Not Not like I felt an evil presence or... It was just intimidating. It was so strange. It was so alien to me um, that I was just afraid of it. I couldn't, I just didn't want to go out there and confront it. And so I remember being really torn. I don't blame you at all. (laughs) (laughs) As they spoke to each other, they both moved um, kind of in, in sync and they were kind of rocking gently from side to side. I'll never forget it. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It didn't, the closest I reckon to explain like the way that the body kind of looked was like gumby like I couldn't see any elbows I couldn't see any knees or joints just these really long thin arms long legs I remember like it's a weird thing to do I guess no I think it's probably a natural thing to do but looking between its legs and just seeing like an arch like there was nothing like it was just bizarre these big giant black slanted eyes just the classic you know, cover of communion type thing going on. and But it was all white and it was very tall. So, what an absolutely yeah. fascinating encounter there, Karen. I have so many questions that I, 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 I need to ask So you. do I. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions about that. I don't know anybody that's ever seen anything like that. I don't know if that was like a calling. Like, I don't know what that was. I just, I have no idea what that was. Yeah, I'll I, never forget it. I have no idea either, but I I want to ask some questions that might reveal a little bit about it. Um, first thing is, it's fascinating that your mum just kind of brushed this off instantly, saying, "Oh, that's just a ghost." Because yeah, yeah, that, she just that makes me go, just, "Well, yeah. mum, are you saying there's always ghosts out in the front yard?" <laughs> she well, she it's. I don't know if it was because on the particular night because she was having her, like, medium group. So maybe she was hoping for ghosts. That's not what I saw. Um, but, yeah, because she was, you know, trying to, with her with her friends, it was like a spiritualist group. And they were trying to, like, meditate and channel spirits and, and things like that. So I don't know if that's what influenced her. And she just automatically assumed the moment I saw something that it was, connected to what she was doing um that's my best guess it was it was weird like she didn't she didn't even entertain the possibility that i was seeing something that might be real yeah that's like she didn't so fascinating to me I, I i found it frustrating at the time absolutely absolutely you know this kind of fits those tropes of movies where the kids are seeing something genuine happening and the parents are always just saying no it's not happening <laughs> yeah or even that, just that kind of weirdness that happens where people just don't react how they're supposed to. They just, you know, they just, they see something really bizarre and then they just go to sleep. You know, it's just that kind of, that kind of weird reaction that, that you get used to when this stuff happens. Absolutely. And that's going to be the, the next thing I want to talk about because, you know, there's a whole group of people there that are doing all these things. And for you to be so adamant that you're seeing something there and everyone absolutely everyone is non-responsive about what's really going on apart from when everyone heard the knocks at the door that was yeah, it that was that- the only time yeah it was the only time when the knock and everybody opened their eyes and looked towards the door 
um, although in the living room you couldn't see the door. So only one person, and that was the person who got up to answer the door, would have been able to actually see what was at the door. And she saw nothing. So she came back and said there was nothing there. And then, then, and for them to just carry on doing what they're doing, that is, that's bizarre. Like, that's just genuinely bizarre, I guess, yeah, and activity I, I from guess, them. Like, I wonder, like, was I supposed to answer the door? Like, was was that was that for me? Like, I wanted that. Like, what would have happened if I had answered? Like, because I was seeing her. So I always wondered about that as well. I always wondered, like, what if I'd answered that door <laughs> without knowing that that giant, white, tall thing was out there? I almost felt like I was being lured out there. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly what I was thinking myself is – I'm wondering if they were trying to trick you out there because it seemed like the the girl couldn't do it, the the tall white creature couldn't do it. So then it's almost like they brought in a a hail mary, a third person of this this shorter bald man who you somehow felt a connection to to try to get you out yeah, there. Yeah, it was, and it was really strong. Like it was, I was really torn. Like I really wanted to go out there because of him. But I was so intimidated by that white entity that I just could not bring myself to do it. But if it hadn't, if it hadn't have been for that white entity, I definitely would have. Like, if he'd been there first, it would have. I would have been out there in a flash. I just felt this. I felt really compelled. Like I felt like I had to go out there and share in his energy, whatever, whatever it was that was drawing me out there. But I didn't because I was intimidated. It's you know what, Karen. Like this is this is a very unique encounter, and I've never had anyone on the show, not even anyone, contact me with something similar. It it's I've always wondered about it. I've never heard of anybody else, kind of with a story like similar to it. So I don't know. I hope I hope that someone else out there maybe knows something more about it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I've always, maybe so. Always because wondered about it. You might not be the only person who's encountered these types of things because one of the one of the I guess a common thing that's happening nowadays is more and more people are seeing the same types of paranormal entities like the Hat Man and Shadow Man and things like that. The the rake is yeah, another one. It. It's it's yeah, kind of I find like, that interesting because I remember that night that my sister was there and the boy was over and we saw the shadow duck. And when I, I talk about that to um, my sister, she recalls it as completely different. And she actually does see a shadow person with a hat on. And that's not what we saw. So I don't know oh. if she's remembering an independent incident that happened when I wasn't there or if it's another incident that happened and I was there. But I don't remember that one or what. But when I talk about that specific night, she remembers this person wearing a hat and lifting their hands up to their face. And I don't remember seeing that, but she does. She she very vividly remembers seeing that. And her voice gets really sh- choked up and she gets really shaky when she talks about it. Her experiences terrified her. So like I always found it curious and intriguing. I was never really terrified. Um, there were isolated things that frightened me, but for the most part, I was just very curious and intrigued i think if it happened like with that kind of vividness now i'd probably freak out a lot more than i did back then but um but yeah she was always afraid of it and now she's not so and i'm like i i was not but if it happened now i would be 
So it's almost like we've reversed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of weird because I always wonder if I'm wondering if you were kind of blocking out what was there mentally, and maybe your sister was seeing something else. Maybe it was getting through her defenses or or something like that. And maybe that's why it's so more terrifying for her than it was for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, that's always perplexed me. It, it's and she tells me some of her experiences, and I think that if that actually happened to me at that age, I probably would have acted that way as well. But we just had different experiences, as far as I can tell. So um, I remember waking up one night and the house was empty, and thinking. Like, that's not cool. I was a little kid. And finding out the next day that um, my sister had woken up because she felt something being placed into her hand and it was like an envelope. And when she opened it, something slimy jumped out and she freaked out. She said she could feel something in the room and there was an envelope placed in her hand when she opened it, something slimy kind of, I don't know if it crawled out, jumped out, I don't know, but it was like a thing that was animated. She freaked out and my mum actually pulled her in the car and left me at home by myself and drove to her friend's house and I found out about that the next day. I remember waking up during that night wondering where everybody was, oh, thinking wow. that it was weird. I felt like that, like I was alone in the house. My mum tries to insist that my dad was there, but he wasn't there. I was The house was empty. I just remember walking through the house and it was dark and I was by myself. And when I asked where they were, that's what I was told. So it was bizarre. There's there's a lot of questions about your family because it seems yeah. like, you know, I think your parents, are they know a lot more than what they're probably leading on because your mum wouldn't just take your sister and leave you alone in the house for no reason. There had to be something for, for her to go and do that. And, but I, I mean, even so, like, wouldn't she take me too? <laughs> Like, did she just forget I was there? Like, like, it's just bizarre. I don't know. It really is bizarre. And did you ever ask your mum about that? Did you ever say, was there a reason that you left me behind? Is it, was something she after my, my sister? My dad was there and she did not leave me alone. That's what she says. She says, nope, your father was there. And I said, no, he wasn't. And she swears he was there and she didn't leave me alone. But I remember I remember their bedroom after checking my sister's room and finding that empty. The next thing I did was check the bedroom and that was empty. There, there was nobody there. Yeah, that's so. that's spooky in its own, let alone everything else that you've you've gone through in your life. I think I think your your parents may have been keeping a lot of stuff from you because that might that might only be the tip of the iceberg there. You just don't know. Yeah. I'm my dad is definitely one of those people that just would deny it and and he just would pretend it just didn't happen and and just get on with his life. He he's not the kind of person that would ever talk about it or admit that it was a possibility. Like he's just a flat out like I don't believe in it. Like so, there's just no conversation happening with him and with my mum. It's just you know what I can kind of corroborate. So she can corroborate stuff if I tell her like, do you remember this happening? And she'll say yes, but she won't offer anything further like from her side it's a it's a very interesting part of your life i don't know if she remembers some of those things as well i have i and some of them i wonder if it's really my mum and not someone else in and i'm and i'm just mistaking it for her so i remember you know walking down 
down the street at that same house was very, very little, so little that I actually don't don't know. Like I felt like maybe maybe four, five, this probably about four, even younger maybe. I remember holding I think it's my mum. I'm holding her hand and I remember the sky is red. It's everything is just red. But when I ask my mum about it, she doesn't remember it. Yeah. It's um it's it's you've got a lot of questions that need to be answered and I would I would love for you to get regression therapy and and report back but I mean it's always it's always something scary it's always something that you're you're opening another door to a life that you you've already lived and it's sometimes it's a door that you don't want to open I definitely want to know more like I I definitely felt like there was a period of my life where I was really obsessed and I really wanted to know I just I think I read just about every book I could get my hands on um, I just did as much research as I could. I've just, the, the only thing I, I think I've heard of two things. I've heard of like a, like it's a technique where you pass over a memory a certain amount of times and each time you go over it, you try and remember more details. And I heard that can bring back memories that I've forgotten. And the other one is hypnosis, which I'm like on the fence about because I don't know how safe that is to do and i'm always i'm i'm always a skeptic when it comes to to things like that because you can always have memories planted in you there's always the power of suggestion and the power of suggestion is so strong yeah and i mean even the person who's who's doing the or leading the hypnosis i mean even if they just if they had like a picture even of an alien on their wall that would be enough to plant a suggestion in your mind. Absolutely. It absolutely would be. So if you don't do it, I would would love (laughs) to hear back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know those two times where I know that I was gone for, or or I have memories of big chunk of memory that's just gone. Like I'd I'd love to know what, what was going on there. Especially if I have no kind of outward fear of it at the time, why it would have been suppressed or repressed in any way. Like, you know, when there are things that I so clearly remember, well, why then there are things that I don't? That really intrigues me. It, and it, it, it intrigues me too. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. And I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your stories and your encounters, Karen. They are, they are fantastic. <laughs> it's the only thank word for I have me. for it. <laughs> curious (laughs) and that's going to do it for tonight and remember if you have had an encounter get in touch with me my email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe ufo radio until next time stay safe and you've been listening to believe australian paranormal and ufo radio Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.